0: up boys and girls welcome to the podcast first of all thanks for taking time out of your day to join us here we're going to try something different Um, we're going to try something that makes sense to us and we're going to try to cover not only um mixed martial arts from the point the standpoint of usc but also jujitsu and whatever combat related stuff that we feel is appropriate or stuff that we're caught up on and um so that's gonna include a couple things, Cody. Yes, sir. We're gonna talk about UFC. We're gonna talk about the most recent Abu Dhabi. Um, and then, dude, we gotta we gotta talk before we go, we gotta talk about that that bare knuckle fighting championships. Oh man. That I am not super caught up on that. I really need to kind of do it. Um, sit down and do some homework and figure out what the best but the best source is for for catching up on that. But man, that thing seems gnarly.
1: Yeah, definitely. There's
0: pretty- um, you know some people are
1: arguing that it's actually gonna be you know not as
0: bad long term for you health wise i know that was something rogan talked about rogan was really staunchly against maybe the even the use of gloves Mm -hmm. because he thought that you would maybe be more likely to to um do a lot more injury to yourself (laughs) and then he watched it and he kind of changed his stance and then right um some of the tissue damage is pretty remarkable that is that is
1: true (laughs) yeah i mean when you look at artem versus uh who was it jason
0: uh, knight jason knight dude yeah. bloody slugfest dude. yeah um Which, how they,
1: actually were you doing
0: are they yeah how is artem so sucky at at, at <laughs> mma and then just kills yeah. he's just a brawler yeah man in, in the pocket he, he the pocket. loves to get
1: a clinched up and just just throw uh that's that's exactly what he was,
0: what he was doing against uh malignaggi That's so for those of you guys fight. that aren't caught up on this 100 <laughs> percent artem Lobov um is a russian guy of, uh, of, of siberian okay so of, of, of that part of the that part of the world and um didn't do too great in the ufc even though he had a really he had a lot of talent it just never yeah. translated itself as well as we thought it Let's should pull up his uh His record here. Yeah, um, and it's kind of funny, too. If you follow any of the online forums, um, he has a contingent of people that (laughs) consistently call him the greatest of all time. He is the GOAT. Even though he's got um, a pretty lopsided record. 13, 15, 1, and 1. So it's not as lopsided as we thought. (laughs) I mean, 13, 15, 1, and 1. It's not a great record, but it, you know...
1: He did it, see some who's who in the UFC. You know, he fought Ryan Hall, Cub Swanson, Andre Feely. Um, you know, those are some those are some great guys.
0: And he and he lost to all of them. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, but there is some people that like, and I know some people personally that have they're just gym monsters. They're animals in the gym. Right. Something about getting under the lights, the heat, the crowd the weight cut, whatever it is, they just never live up to their full potential. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, Artem Lobov is in this um, in bare knuckle fighting championship, and he's uh, been doing pretty well. Um, you know, let's see.
1: Uh, he's had mixed... Actually, you know what? He has won two fights so far. Okay. Yeah. So he's only fought two fights. He's beat Jason Knight, and then he but, uh, beat Pauly Malinaji who was... Connor's uh, you know the boxer who came in and helped uh, Connor out for the um, fluid and then fight. they had a
0: falling out, right?
1: Him yeah and Connor McGregor. Yeah, so uh, him and Connor, uh, man, they went they went back at it over you know some sparring allegedly Connor had knocked him down. Uh, he released the video and it really turned out you know more to be kind of a push. Uh,
0: you know, for me, um, having trained a whole different bunch of places, and sometimes you go in and you train and you're not 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not 100% hydrated, you're not 100% focused. Everybody has an off day. Um, I don't like to I don't like to publish in, in really any way, shape or form. You know a lot, And a lot of the old school guys and even some of the newer school guys are definitely against the idea of, we say don't train and talk. So, right? You know, I mean, if if you're in the gym, you're training with somebody. Everybody's looking to get better. Everybody's going hard, and somebody catches you. That's not necessarily a life victory. One hundred percent. I think 100%. it's one hundred percent. I think the gym is an area that should be sacred enough um, as a proving ground and a, and and a place to sharpen your sword, where where you don't you shouldn't really have guys that are walking around talking about their accolades at the gym or how right. who they tapped out or you know anything like that I, I'm just not the, I'm not I guess I'm not of the new new school casual fight fan
1: yeah that well,
0: is all about that yeah for sure well in the
1: gym I 100% agree you know I think that um, you know and I can speak you know from experience with you know catching guys who are obviously much higher level than me and uh you know, and just to, I, just, I know that I caught them. You know what I mean? It's not, it, it's, they had a little sleeper moment and they got caught. And mm-hmm. it's not that I don't, inst- I'm not instantly better than I'm a person. You know what I mean? And I don't need the, I don't feel the need to go around, you know, saying that, hey, I tapped so-and-so. Right. You know, there's no, no place for that. And sure. I'm just trying to get better.
0: Yeah. I, that's how I feel about it. And also, you know, there's, there's a lot of the upper belts out there, and this is just a reference to jujitsu and, and not necessarily as much to kickboxing and stuff like that, but a lot of the upper belts out there, they're not going a hundred percent against the lower belts either. They're, they're, they're trying to let you work. They know you haven't done this as long They're Yeah.
1: You know, whatever definitely. it is.
0: Um, and I can speak from personal experience. <clears throat> There's been times when I definitely took off, took my foot off the gas, hit the brake, coasted a little bit. And at some point in the middle of that, you know, I was out scrambled, out worked, out hustled, and ended up in a bad spot. You know, I've definitely been tapped to people that were nowhere close to my ability, but for whatever reason, you know, it, in this training scenario because it's not right. life or death. Exactly. You, um, you know, they they somehow catch you. So yeah. when it comes to Connor, I, I guess all bets are kind of off with him. He he's he's really got a, a flair for trying to really uh, beg for people's attention one way or 100%. the other, whether I mean, it's the flashy clothing or the outside, the antics outside of the ring or even some of the antics inside the ring. Yeah. Right. And you know, every Twitter or uh, every, every time
1: there's a fight card, he feels the need to come out and make his voice relevant by saying something about one of the fighters. And it's like, dude, at this point, fighter don't.
0: You right. Know, right. It's that's, that's kind of my feeling on it. Um, the relevancy of him as, as an as an MMA fighter has definitely diminished. Um, but I don't know that his popularity has. Um, you know, I, I, and I'm not going to really throw shade at Conor McGregor fans. I will say he's a talented athlete. He did some really cool stuff. He went in there and, and handled business. And I think uh, there's good and bad, right? So in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, you know, the, the, the bad for the sport has been... Um, disrespect uh you know the 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 shit talking on 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 his opponents and and their and their parents and their religion and their kids whatever whatever the deal is I think too far um I think there's a limit to how far you should be willing to go on the other end of that um you know his his paycheck just laughs at us exactly so people want to either see him win or they want to see him lose and they're willing to pay for that so he's um he sold his integrity for notoriety and for, for that paycheck. And you know who's to say it's not just a hundred percent an act. Um, you know we're both aware of fighters that, that have a have an online persona and have a media persona. One hundred, but are really cool. Um, for me personally, that was uh, that was Ronda Rousey. Um, hmm. I met her, spent a little time with her. Super neat girl. Really humble. Very chill. Um, but once. You know, she got a little a couple more wins and um, a little bit more money and fame and, and, and some recognition there. It really just seemed like the personality changed up. And I didn't believe that was her. I didn't believe that was that, her at the core. That whole
1: like do nothing bitch. Yeah. I just, yeah,
0: like, I mean, I, I understand that you have an ethic that you work by or that you live by. I get that. Um, yeah. But when it comes to being disrespectful to people, I feel like there's some... We should maybe draw the line somewhere.
1: Uh, yeah, like the... Uh, what was it before the Holly fight?
0: She was... Yeah, she was just feeling on top of the world, you know, putting her, you know, right. her hand in Holly's face. and. Right. Yeah. So whoever's listening, guys, I want to apologize first off for the, the road noise you hear. It's kind of... It's a warm day today, and I do have the windows open. Um, <laughs> it was either that or bring a fan in and just hear the fan <laughs> constantly. Um... So let's let's go back here, and uh, and talk about um, this this bare knuckle boxing thing. Um, we kind of we kind of drifted away. talked about talked about Artem and and mm-hmm. and some gym stuff here. But um, uh, so while we're on the topic, maybe who who do you think you would like to see? If that's maybe not even in this in this league. Who do you think would be a fun matchup for? For this bare knuckle boxing thing, this championship that there is, in the bare knuckle, sure. I mean, I'd, like, if you, if you had, if you had your dream matchup, like, would you want to see Fla- Francis Ngannou versus? Oh God! Someone in there, <laughs> <laughs> put him on the moon. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: no, I mean, honestly, I, I think, I think. You know, the top level athletes, uh, you know, of the Uf- UFC need to stay in the UFC for now. Um, Agreed. I, th- I think that the whole, you know, bare knuckle thing is for, you know, retired fighters.
0: Do you feel like it's in some ways like a almost a step back or a de-evolution from the respectability that the sport has sort of has really kind of scratched and clawed to gain as a legitimate you know, as legitimate athletes, as a legitimate sport, as something that there's that's now available on ESPN, that you're seeing highlights of, do you feel like this is kind of a step backward for that? One hundred percent. Yeah, I think that you know, um,
1: it's it's appealing to the you know the just bleed you know fan base. That's it's the people who just want to see people standing and banging, blood everywhere. It's it's you know. Maybe that's why I got into the UFC, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for the exciting, just crazy brawls. But, you know, I I really like MMA for fighting and you know the the kind of uh, camaraderie between fighters. Like I, I love that at the end of you know when Jeremy Stevens just now when when he fought Yair, they had some bad blood going into that fight, mm-hmm. and then to see them you know hug it out after, was uh it just it's nice you know
0: absolutely yeah there's a there's there's an element of of camaraderie there's an element of respect that you can't help but have for somebody that shared the cage with you with you shared the ring with you put it all out there did the same kind of work you did win lose or draw that to me is uh it's a beautiful moment in that way
1: right yeah we've seen it you know multiple times we've seen it with you know connor and nate when they had their
0: second fight uh, that war, that five round war. Sure. Yeah, and then the the with the bare knuckle thing. I, I, you know, it, it's very easy to look at it and then just say, well, um, you know, this is this is barbaric. This is ugly. This is maybe, maybe something akin to to human cockfighting or something that's. Right. Um, dishonorable or whatever it is, I I can see that contingent, and especially coming from the people that already don't um, support mixed martial arts or don't understand it. I've had a number of people tell me when they find out that I used to be involved in it, um, wow, you know, you seem so nice. You seem like (laughs) such a nice person. You used Um, to be a fighter, no way. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes people um, will struggle with that. Right. But, you know, this bare-knuckle boxing. On the other end of that, you know, to to completely um, change gears on on what we're talking about, I can see the contingent of people that is not in agreement with what's going on, mm-hmm. and doesn't like the idea of two people just in there trying to beat each other to death with their fists. Um, but I think there's also the element of of us being being evolutionarily being scrappers, being fighters, right. being um, of that just being a part of our makeup. Uh, the competition aspect, the man-to-man fighting—I um, think that's always something we've always had in us. The struggle there.
1: One hundred percent. I, but you know, and that's the only difference is is the gloves, right? And then obviously they're they're boxing instead of you know, no takedowns, no uh, legs, no uh, kicks. I mean, so it's it's really um, it's. I think MMA. You know, Bellator, uh, UFC, I think they have found a good balance in glove size. Whoa, eight, eight ounce, correct?
0: It's either eight or it's six. I know that the UFC uses 4 ounces. That's what I used to use is the 4 ounces. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's a reasonable thing.
1: Yeah, so, you know, because I think in boxing, four-ounce, wow, I can't believe
0: I didn't have that. We're going to need to edit that out. Boxing is using like a 16-ounce glove, you know, sometimes smaller than that.
1: Yeah, man. And so, you know, it's a giant, it's a much bigger target coming towards your head. It's going to hit you much more often, much harder. Sure. Um, what is it? You know, from a larger surface area is going to cause more impact on your head. Mm-hmm. over with force coming at you right whereas
0: a lighter is going to cause more of a popping plus the impact you know the the weight of the glove itself right exactly
1: yeah so when, when you wind up yeah that's adding all that extra weight to the force coming so i think that boxing is far more dangerous i mean there was there was just a death in boxing wasn't there this, there was uh, uh... There, there's
0: weekend. been there's been a number of them over the years. the The comparison that I kind of use when it comes to boxing is is really my own experience. But that's been every almost every time I left from a good sparring day, I definitely had a headache. I was right, definitely right. hurting. I've definitely fallen asleep in my car after a hard b- boxing session that I probably shouldn't have. but There's a possibility right. I might have had a concussion at the oh, time. Um, and you know, a lot of the when it when it's MMA versus boxing. Um, with mixed martial arts, I find that your that the the force, the damage gets distributed pretty well, um, for the most part, um, uh, between leg kicking knees, you know all that stuff. Right, right. It's, In boxing, it's there's a pretty heavy emphasis on the head. Right. Jab to the head, jab Probably to the head. You know, when somebody actually goes to the body, body right. When somebody goes to the body, it's like, oh yeah, well it's a nice body shot there's not nearly as many it doesn't seem like there's as many yeah, as that, much you, impact you'll
1: on see ball. a you know a body shot KO every once in a while in boxing but uh yeah definitely not the uh the norm uh speaking of body shots what do you think about uh Yair
0: Rodriguez's body shot were you able to uh catch that i i did i did see it um man yair's got some kicks on him so at this past this past uh, Friday, um, the the UFC held a rematch. Right, it was a rematch yes. after the first one. Rematch in Boston. In Boston, so it was a, a Friday fight night. Those are kind of been more unusual these days. They haven't put on as many of those as many of those fight nights. Yeah. But um, so there was some bad blood, right? Let's just to catch people up on it. There was a little bit of bad blood, and that was. Because in their original matchup, that was only a few weeks ago, right? Yes. Um, there was oh, very, weeks, very early on. Weeks. There was an eye poke that happened, an accidental eye poke, mind you, and um, you know, uh,
1: twenty seconds in, I want to say.
0: Yeah, it was really, really, and it was a main event. So, um, Yair Rodriguez uh, was fighting Jeremy Stevens. Both really great strikers, both really high level athletes, and it was a pretty anticipated matchup. A lot of the, a lot of the you know um, hardcore fans were really excited about that matchup early in um, there was a little a little attempt to gauge some distance so kind of an outstretched hand from Yairo Rodriguez kind of raked the eye of Jeremy Stevens and and for, for all we know it was an accident um, and, and that's what it, the replay looked like yeah but I would say it was an accident for sure yeah and then yeah. so the event the event was stopped by a doctor and then in the lobby, right, they had some words?
1: Yeah, they had some words in the lobby. Um, basically, uh, I guess from, well, I only heard, uh, I, I saw the video and I also heard Jeremy's side of the story. And he said that Yair came up and he was being kind of gentlemanly. He was with his family kind of saying, you know, I'm I'm sorry this had to have happened. And then he, but then he went on to say, you know, you're going to
0: have to live with this your whole life, that you copped mm. out. Yeah, and if you know Jer- anything about Jeremy Stevens, that guy's a fighter, man. He's he's, he's not there to puss out on anything. 100%. He's, he's not going to be the guy that that fakes an injury to get out of anything. I mean, he, he's, he's a fantastic fighter. He's knocked out a, a real nice list of people. Um, so we're going to pull that up on the screen, and we'll just kind of watch it together. Um, this we'll is their uh,
1: second one.
0: Okay, actually. cool. So this was this weekend.
1: Yeah, so um, so J- Jeremy came out. They both came out with bad intentions, right? Very bad intentions.
0: And it looked like Yarir maybe threw like some kind of flying kick. Yeah, running he, flying kick yeah, in he there. Came out with. Has uh, he been training for basically overdoing or anything? Moss all. yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's been the that's been the the uh, the most talked about one this year, right? Asking versus. Yeah, the, I would have to say basketball. that's got to be the uh, the biggest. Yair with a nice elbow on the break. Steven's kind of walking in. Hands are low, a little low there though. Yeah. You. I, th-
1: I think the commentators uh, actually ended up talking about that about him keeping his hands too so low. So Yair goes so, to that lead man, leg. look at that.
0: And then lands that a nice stiff jab. Yair's fighting out of the southpaw position here.
1: So, you know, Yair won rounds one and two. And Jeremy won the third round decisively, which is a real bummer
0: considering their first fight was gonna be a five round fight. Mm. That's something interesting. That's something interesting to think about. That he might have been picking up speed. And his his ability to to finish that fight might have been a little bit more hefty. But I mean we're we're talking Close to a 10-8 here. I mean, he got dropped. Oh. He keeps getting that leg. Keeps So Rodriguez keeps kicking that, that left leg, the lead leg of Stevens. Every time he kind of leans in for that jab, it looks like he's getting that calf kicked. So there's, the, there's the beautiful, beautiful liver shot there. Swarmed on him. Looks like he put a lot of juice in trying to finish up He's hammer fisting. Yeah,
1: that's, that's actually probably what gave
0: uh, Jeremy the eight. The edge going into the third is that cardio edge he's really yeah, looking he to get him out of exhausted, there trying. that movie just pulled right there that back step is a bit a pretty high level jiu-jitsu move i've kind of been wanting to teach it
1: yeah he,
0: so he's that could have been stopped for sure I've, yair is I, swarming on him the, stevens is curled up in the corner right now. he's now he's going in trying to get a shot now he's in turtle position and Yager keeps putting the hands on him i'm actually really surprised they didn't stop it Mark Goddard's one of the best in the yeah. business. He's a great referee. He's uh, he's got a really good idea of when you're still in it. If he wanted the Dars. Yeah, he looks like it. He's oh, going wait, for no. looks. Okay. He's going for some kind of guillotine here, yeah, maybe okay. a ten finger against the cage. Stevens is coming up on a leg. And uh, but he's still kind of on one elbow. Yeah. He's definitely getting teed off here, and we're three and a half. We're three and a half minutes left, <laughs> so he's got plenty of time to work. Yeah, so you know, decisively
1: won the uh, first and second, I'd say, but Jeremy actually uh, had some success at the end of the second here, which was surprising.
0: Never count that guy out. Yeah, you know, he's a he's a he's a gamer. Right now he's up against the corner, of the bottom of the cage, and Yarir is dropping left hammer fists on him. He looks like he's just defending, kind of in a half guard position, like a Z guard position, wanting to come up on that on that right leg. While Yarier looks for the darts from there, which is not an impossible position, he just needs to get a little deeper. Needs to scoot his head back, pop that right hand through uh, behind the armpit, underneath the armpit. Now it looks like Stevens is coming up and yeah. out. He kind of used <laughs> the cage a little bit as a as a second post. And then he he's mad after this. Very cool. Once again, guys, we're kind of doing a play-by-play a commentary on the second fight between Jeremy Stevens and Yarier Rodriguez. Uh, they just went down this past Friday, a couple days ago. I really hope
1: they won fight of the night for this. They they definitely deserve the uh, the bonus. I mean, Michelle Watterson and Joanna. Uh, that was a great fight. Has the back. Look at this. Jeremy, like, man. Yeah, are just scrambly,
0: huh? Yeah, he is. He's a, he's a pretty athletic guy. Man, the triangle's right there. He can get his left foot out. Now he's on his back, so Stevens got the takedown on a little bit of a slip there. Uh, pressured in, Yair's now on his back. He's got he's got his right leg up and over, like he's looking for a triangle. Now Jeremy Stevens has worked his left hand through. He's looking for a little bit of ground. Man, ground it's and it's so time.
1: crazy. This, this it it really is a game of inches, huh?
0: Absolutely. and I even mean, right here, elbows, so he's now help. he's got he's 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 about halfway to the triangle here. So he's got one arm in, one arm out. He's got his hands clasped behind his neck to control his posture. And he lost a position. He got his hips a little far out. Jeremy Stevens is put, putting some hands in between the guard here. Great round, though. Yeah, that he was some. See, a lot of action see, here. See, he, he. Twenty seconds I left. I thought he hit him. I thought he needed him in the head right there when I was watching it live. Could have been the shoulder. Yeah. So now Jeremy Stevens has has uh, Yair yeah, pressed up against the fence, and he's putting some hands on him. See, yeah. so
1: people were saying that the that he decisively won the first and second. But I think the second round was a little bit closer with the end there. I mean, yeah, I would give it to Yair, but...
0: Still. Still yeah. for sure. Maybe a little more time controlling the, the round. Uh, Stevens is winging those hooks. He's yeah. coming in with those punches. He still has a lot of power behind him. He yeah. never count that guy out. You know, he can he can be bleeding. He can be taking damage and still... And still put someone out. Man. Caught a lazy Caught a body kick. kick. Yeah. Lazy body kick. Rushed it in. Ran the Yair double. Yair
1: was exhausted.
0: So now Yair is in turtle position.
1: Man, Goddard could have stopped it, right? I mean...
0: Well, so let's talk about the criteria here. So, like, you, the the referee's mandate is, is... Their first mandate is fighter safety. Right. Um, they need to make sure that you're intelligently defending yourself. It looked to me like that Yair was kind of curled up. But he was still he was still defending. He wasn't 100% out of it here. So I think if you, so maybe if you can move your head, right? If, if you, you can, can somehow defend yourself. Yeah. If you're if you're just you know have your hands up and you're just covering, uh, and you're just getting beat on for that's you know, actually, five to ten seconds.
1: That'll uh, sorry to interrupt. That'll want uh, I want to uh, from here after this uh, bring up Joe Azon's fight.
0: Yeah, and, for uh, sure. Because I missed how that. How he got
1: caught in that uh, deep half Nelson, and uh, he wasn't able to defend his
0: opponent. Uh, right. If you're in a position where you're so compromised that you can't, um, that you can't stop the strikes coming at you, even if
1: they're a little rabbit. Yeah. Strikes, you know, it depends.
0: Right? It depends. You know, on the ref. It depends on what your condition is. Um, one thing I do encourage people, especially people that haven't been haven't been watching the sport for a long time, is uh, you know our perspective from outside the cage is, re- is really good. And uh, but the the perspective of the referee from inside is, is far better. Right. I mean, he's got a really he's he's right in there, I and mean, he's got a really good um, view of the fighters. He can see their eyes, and that, that can tell you a lot. You know he true. can see a lot more than we can. So you it's see easy. The eyes roll back. It's or, easy to um, t- it's easy to to question the referee's decision. Right. But remember, you know he does this for a living. He's really good at it. There's been some bad calls. There's been some obviously bad calls here um, but you know I, I think in general uh, we know the referees that are and the judges <laughs> that, that are that are capable and competent I would say the UFC does a really good job of, with getting those guys in there yeah so um, about Joe Lozon though yeah uh, the same fight right so that was this was Friday as well yeah Friday he was let's see I think I want
1: to say he he uh... I want to say he main-evented the prelim slot. Okay. I could be off on that.
0: And his opponent? Who was his opponent?
1: Okay, I am off on that. It was uh, Manny Bermudez and er, Charles Rosa. Interesting. Was the uh, uh, headliner. Okay, so this was in the middle of the card. And he fought Jonathan Pierce. Okay, Jonathan Jonathan Pierce.
0: Pierce. Another stud. American dude. Um, JSP... <laughs> is that is that what people gave him the name? Yeah. JSP, huh?
1: Wow, he was on a five fight win streak. Okay. In to fight uh,
0: Lozon. And he's he's uh, off the Contender series. This guy. Yeah, looks like it. Um, and prior to that, was in Warrior FC.
1: Was coming off of uh, uh, doctor stoppage and then a TKO over Jacob Rosales back in July.
0: So a pretty good up and comer here. Yeah, definitely. Man, Joe Lozon's a pretty pretty rough out for your first for your debut yeah. in the Octagon. He's couple, been
1: especially with uh, two of his losses coming by submission.
0: Mm. You know. Joel. Lozon's a top flight man. He's a top flight jiu-jitsu guy. He's got Yeah, you've only seen him get tooled a couple times. Yeah. You know, he, he he's he's had some I think Clay
1: Guida came out and knocked him out. Was was that or oh no? Mm-hmm. Who was that? Uh, oh no. Sorry, I'm getting it mixed up. I'm getting it mixed up here. I gotta pull up Joe Lozon's record.
0: Yeah, Lozon is a stud, man. He's, he's an old school guy. He's been doing this for a long time and uh, he's uh, he's never a walk in the park. You know, his I think his last fight, I want to say his last fight, I I kind of struggled to watch it because I'm a fan of Joe Lozon, you know. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy and uh, just a really humble dude and kind of Kind of like the the there some iconic guys out there that I see that are incredibly t- talented, and they um and they're super humble and I really like that about Joe Lazon. He's he's one of those guys for me. You, you know who he really reminds me of, and they've actually had I think uh,
1: it's two or three fights together is uh, uh Jim Miller. I think Absolutely. they're very similar. Another great fighters. guy.
0: Another great guy. And and you know so those are the those are the some of the guys that I really respect in the sport that I. That I, um, that I'm always going to be a fan of. I guess, you know, Luzon is awesome, um, and he had a great fight this weekend. Right, so I watched a little bit of, of the finish there, and he kind of trapped him. He yeah, trapped him against I get that against the here. cage on the ground there, and had one of his arms up in a really nasty position, and, and he wasn't able to defend the strikes. All right, so we got that um, pulled up here let's see brigwater massachusetts joe lazan so we've got this fight going in front of us um and jonathan pierce straight off the the contender series nice quick start he looks as crisp as ever joe look at him got his hands nice and high yeah popping that nice jab in there right away he's trying to get off first beautiful left hook good exchanges by these guys early. Pierce also looks good. He looks comfortable. He's changing levels here. Wow. Nice left hand from Lozon there. Yeah, really I actually didn't even get to watch Oof. this whole fight. I only got to watch the uh finish. So Lozon doing good work. He's got a lower back body clinch. Are these uh double underhooks? No, he has the uh Yeah he's got double yeah, he's got a, he's got an under over and under, but he does have the elbow trap real low with that left hand, outside leg hook, and just walks right into the mount. So took him down against the fence here. Oh, man, vicious elbow. Jonathan Pierce so tried to belly out here, and he got his arm caught because he because Lozon had the underhook, and it's just a nasty position because Lozon put the seen hooks in. I anything like that. So a really common way that guys will try to defend themselves, and you'll see it a lot, is once they're getting taken down, they try to belly out. So they got all four limbs on the ground, and they can try either scramble somehow out or uh, Granby out, something like that. Right. And uh, they do sacrifice some back position here. And absolutely, Joe Lozon capitalized on that. Didn't let the arm free. And um, Herb had to call that. Yeah. You know, so that's another thing is when you you get in a position where you're taking shots and you you can't defend that, um, something like a a mounted crucifix, right? Right. Um, That's a real common one that people get their arms trapped in and they struggle like hell and they can't get out of it. It happens. Um, You know, it'll happen sometimes inside control. Sometimes there's... Different ways to to get a hold of people. But, man, congratulations to Joe Lozon. Yeah, so let's see. Awesome fight there.
1: He's he's only 35, you know. Dana's saying that he wants him to retire. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, He just beat a stud up-and-comer. Right. Young kid.
0: Did Dana give a reason why? He just thinks he's taking too much damage. So
1: let's see if I can pull this up here.
0: So let me see. Based on... Let's see. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. I I don't know how to feel about that to be honest. Um you know, Lazan is a is a consummate martial artist and he's he's had some ups and downs here and there, but it's not I, I don't think he's been really like snowed under. I don't think he's I I'm not sure if he's he, he, he's ready to be on his
1: way out. I, I don't think he is at all. And I really don't think, you know, it's I, I don't know. maybe it's this is just my opinion, but I don't think it's really Dana's white. Dana White's you know, he's a promoter. It's not really his position to his call to make. yeah, exactly. you know he can he can make his you know you know say his opinion, but I don't think that uh, I
0: mean, I, I I mean his record's this. been good. Joe Lozon's record has he started out very strong. Um, and if you go back in the in the history here of, of his fights, he's been in the UFC for so long. He's been, you know, it's, it's been a, I mean, if you look, take a look at his record, he's been um, fighting for the UFC since, uh, let's see, 2006, it looks like. A- and, you know, it's, it's 2019 now, so he's been, he's had a nice storied career. Oh, yeah. Came in, had a bunch of wins, took a loss to Kenny Florian, um... Had a couple more wins, and then took a loss to Stamp Stout. You know, it's been a little spotty since then. He's getting one or two wins, one or two wins to a loss. But everybody he's losing to, these guys are animals. You know, this is a this is the best of the the best. Kind of a who's who in in, in his weight division there. Um, looking at guys like uh, Anthony Pettis, he's lost to lost to Jim Miller, Michael Johnson. Ally Quinta. These are all guys that have been in, really, pretty much in line for the title. 100%. Um, you know, and
1: this is actually something interesting that I'm seeing here. So, he has improved now to a record of 28-15. and 15. Right. 26 of those wins are by stoppage.
0: That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I mean, he's a really... So, when it comes to Dana... Wanting him to retire or forcing him to retire? Yeah, that's what this
1: article from Bloody Elbow is saying. Dana White says he will force Joe Lazon to retire
0: after UFC Boston win. Do you think, though, that he would have had him retire if he would have lost as well? Because that would have made three losses in a row.
1: Yeah. Or, well, you know, I think it really depends on his contract. But, you know, I say, I say uh, let Joe... Leave the UFC, go make more money in Bellator, where you can have your sponsors.
0: And that might happen. You know, there's no. I mean, depending on what his contract looks like, there might be a door there for okay. him. And so certain people have done it, right? There's been really, really top of the food chain guys that have, that have switched organizations, and and now they seem to be, for a better term, you know, living their best life. Yeah. Right. You guys like got guys like Mighty Mouse that just. I mean, yeah, he lost the title, but he was still. One of the greatest of all time. Counter oh counter. yeah, he most title defenses ever. Who mm-hmm. knows if that'll ever be broken? Gegard Mousasi, another Mousassi. top, another top flight guy. Rory McDonald. Yeah, these are so that you know it's not out of the question. I and mean, you you could you could potentially force Joe Lozon to retire from the UFC. You know, I think I think Dana White has enough pull to do that. I don't know if he's. I don't know if once again if it's his call to make though as far as just hey man hang up the gloves, unless and this is entirely possible. Um, Unless Dana offers him something else, you know, like uh, like when Matt Hughes retired, he he got uh, a position with the UFC and he was mentoring fighters and and he had something going on there. I think same with um, with uh, what's his name, Forrest
1: Griffin. Sure. He he's yeah. like a he's like, he's like the head of like H R for
0: uh, I don't know. Right. He, he he's still in like all, all the, the work with the Performance you know? Institute. Yeah. And stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, if, I mean, so if, if Dana's going to force you to retire and he's not offering you anything for it, um, fuck it, Joe. Do your thing, man. Yeah. Do your thing. If you still want to fight, you're a fighter. I don't think anybody but you can make a decision. You and your wife, your family, if you're a married guy, um, make that decision. You know, nobody should be able to make the decision for you. Now... I agree. You're um, 35 years old, man. He's still, got some, he's still got some fight in him, I would say. You um, know,
1: D.C., DC's 40 still fighting. He's he, he's going to go out and fight uh fight Stepe again for the third time.
0: Super dominant guy. Super dominant guy. Now there's some fighters, right, that we've that we've just they they should they should definitely hang up their spurs. Great. There's some fighters out there that we know that that have been that it's been time for them for a while, I think. Yeah. Um BJ Penn. BJ Penn for example. That is unfortunate. Um, yeah. Man, I don't I, I think a lot of, a lot of fight fans, a lot of people that even the casual fans sometimes these days, remembers BJ Penn from the glory days, but we're not, we're not really, nobody's clamoring for him to fight. Um, he's he's got a number of, of losses in a row. Let's see. He, one, still two, he, get, three, he still keeps getting he still keeps getting fight. We're five,
1: six, seven in a row. Starting with Nick Diaz back in two thousand eleven, and ending with Clay Guida in May of
0: two thousand and nine, nineteen. <laughs> so, um, so eight years of losses. I'd really like to hear. Yeah. I'd really like to hear Dana's, Dana's um, opinion on that. I guess, on on why that that's that's a thing still. Yeah, or maybe and, he's already come. Do you think he's come out already and just said, "Hey, man, dude, let's, let's, let's let it go." yeah i i think I think especially I
1: think I did uh, read after you know the um after the whole situation with the uh, the second situation I should say with the bar.
0: yeah, he's been having some uh he's been having some personal issues um, and it, it, you know with his extracurricular activities. just yeah a couple of videos
1: surfacing just some
0: uh just some late night fun. I yeah, you can call it what you want to call it, right? Um, I mean, his last win in the UFC was, was back in twenty ten. That's a long Matt time ago without a good without a good a good win. And, and he definitely, he always you know has a showing, right? He always he always shows up. Yeah, but he's not um, and he's not of the caliber. And anymore. he fought in was it two three different?
1: Yeah, three three different weight divisions. I think his, his lightweight. Walter weight and
0: middleweight. weight. His time has come. I agree. Now, here's here's an, uh, an interesting one for you. Yeah. What's your opinion on just, I mean, he's he's 16 and 14. Why don't we just have him fight Artem? That is a... <laughs> that is the perfect fight. I mean, why not? Dana, it's... make it. I... Dana, you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to be listening. It's fine. Never mind. I forgot what I said. <laughs> um oh, man. yeah so like that's you know I, as far as as far as somebody making the call for you you know I, I don't think anybody should be able to to be should be able to to make that call for you yeah for sure as far as hanging up the gloves but but if you do happen to do it joe damn you've had a, an amazing career he's probably had a whole lot of fight of the night bonuses saw, oh so. yeah oh yeah you gotta find Fantastic the, uh... guy. Alright. So on to uh, on to a couple other things. Um, yeah, what do you think about uh, what do you think about Dylan Dennis in general? Ah, you know switching gears here to, 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 <laughs> to just jujitsu, right? Uh, Dylan Dennis. So Dylan's um from what I understand, one of Marcelo Garcia's first black belts. He's he's, uh, he's out of so. out of Marcelo Garcia's Academy. Obviously his lineage, Pedro Sauer, um, an incredible, incredible fighter. And, uh, I'm sorry, not Pedro Sauer, Fabio Gregal. Um, you know, uh, in order to even just live and train in that gym, you, you've got to have a good, a good skill set. And Marcelo is one of the most, his Dylan Dan is one of the most respected, coach is one of the most respected guys in the game. Uh, a really super humble, awesome dude. And, uh. You know, won Abu Dhabi multiple times. Um, for whatever reason, that um, humility uh, didn't trickle down into his <laughs> into his uh, student here, in Dylan Danis. And so Dylan's been um, he's been on the BJJ circuit for a while. He's had some good wins and he's had some losses as well. But um, I think he's been trying to make himself re- uh, relevant. I think I mean that's that's what it seems like. Yeah. 100%. I mean, if he wasn't in the news uh, doing something dumb or saying something dumb, he might not be in the news at all. Right, right, right. In my opinion.
1: Yeah, so apparently a kid got jumped. Um, I'm not sure if this is the video. This says porn star Bridget the Midget. <laughs> that is
0: not it. Right, you're looking at the wrong Better yeah. switch screens here. <laughs> Midget porn and jiu-jitsu. <laughs> on our first podcast <laughs> oh man I mean for those of you that want to hear more about midget porn uh, maybe <laughs> just go ahead and DM Cody independently here Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. so Dylan Dennis, from what I understand as well uh, tied himself into Conor McGregor's camp and, and we kind of talked about Conor McGregor briefly and his his some of his antics right um, some of the things he does for publicity and, and the ways he gets it uh, might not be might not be the most healthy
1: right and I'm not sure when but Connor was brought in or uh, Dylan was brought in as Connor's jiu-jitsu coach full-time head jiu-jitsu coach correct
0: right and for sure a qualified you know jiu-jitsu instructor jiu-jitsu right um, you know uh coach so do you think
1: that's where some of his you know kind of outward persona comes from it's possible you know you you uh or has he always been like that before he met Carl?
0: you know it, it it i don't know that an association with somebody that's that's brash and obnoxious and anything else is going to is going to create that in you but i think sometimes hanging out with those people that kind of person will um Will definitely make you more comfortable, right? So, douchebags hang out with douchebags, uh, weightlifters hang out with weightlifters, jiu jitsu mm-hmm. people hang out with jiu jitsu people. Um, I, I think I've seen in the past, um, even before he was tied in with Connor, um, some kind of drama with him on the on the jiu jitsu mat, and right. I know for a fact that, um, that, that his attitude and that his antics, his behavior, um, is one of the reasons why, uh, his coach. Marcelo has decided to separate him from the academy. He kind of got kicked out of the 540 Academy um, in New York. And uh, so honestly, hats off to Marcelo for identifying a problem and for separating himself from that. Um, you know, when you have a skilled competitor and you put a lot of time into somebody, you belted somebody and they are not representing you or your academy in the way that you want to be represented, uh, it's in your best interest, but it's not always easy, right? To, to, to separate yourself from somebody like that. Agreed. So one cool thing, you know. Now,
1: I heard this going around, and I don't know if, you tell me what you think. There, he posted a video of uh, this kid getting jumped by about maybe five different kids. Uh, young kid, looks like in school. So here's the video. Uh, it, you know, pretty brutal. Uh, Dylan posted it? Yeah. And, uh, kind of locker room scenario. Yeah, here. exactly. So they're in a locker room. Um, it's a kid, maybe five, four other kids, mostly one, but all his other friends are kind of standing around, you know, making sure that, uh, they can get off on him if they need to.
0: So he's getting jumped. Yeah, he's jumped. Gets taken down by one kid in particular. It looks like he got mounted and somebody's grounded pounding him.
1: So Dylan Dennis. Says, if anyone knows this kid and can put me in contact with him, I will give him a free private jiu jitsu lesson or free private
0: jiu lessons for the rest of his life. Hmm. Well, that seems generous. I mean, you know, I, I, if if there's somebody out there that has a public persona of them being an asshole, it doesn't always mean it's, it doesn't always mean it's uh, that, that that's just who they are at their core mm-hmm. and that they're just an asshole 24 7. Um, you know, we spoke about that maybe being a possibility of somebody having an online persona versus uh, real life. And, you know, it's I. that's a, that's a good deed, right? Yeah. Offering to pay for a random person's jiu-jitsu uh, lessons or oh. to give them lessons for free because you've seen them being mistreated. Um, it's a pretty benevolent thing. That is really cool.
1: You know, and something that bothered me is he posted the screenshots between them. And I thought that was kind of douchey, you know. And, Could be, sure. But then, you know, now uh, I'm seeing that he, you know, the kid actually did follow up, and uh, Dylan uh, tweeted out a photo of the kid um, in his gi with his white belt on, um, you know, saying how proud of he is that he actually uh, mm. took him up on the offer.
0: Yeah, that's so, cool. That's you know, a good thing. You know, I, you know, far, uh, um, far be it from me to criticize somebody for doing something good. Yeah. Um, you know, we absolutely could sit here and, and critique his um, his intentions or 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 his you know whatever it is, but you know, good for him for doing something I guess decent for somebody else. You are that's right. A good yeah.
1: Thing. The fact of the matter is, he you know
0: he, he's doing it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, some people there's there's people that we all know that do things just for the social accolades. Right. Right. And there's a possibility that that's going on, but. You know, if you're offering somebody free jujitsu lessons for life, and they take you up on it, you know, I mean, if it was across the world or something, right? right. <laughs> you know, they're never going to take it up. Yeah, I just want to want to try to look good on social media. <laughs> that's a good point. I could hear that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've absolutely given people free jiu-jitsu lessons um, for an extended period of time. You know, a year, two years, more, um, and it's been a really good thing in their life. So. You know, good for him for doing something good. I I can't I can't speak ill of him for that. Um, it shows, if nothing else, you know, some compassion, some compassion for somebody that that was mistreated and it could definitely use some training. Definitely. And if you know of people that have been bullied, um, you know, definitely shoot them my way. We can we can talk about trying to get them some kind of self defense thing. I do want to say before we, before or I do want to um, tie along with that. I don't really. I'm not a super huge fan of of a lot of, of teaching like a one day seminar thing. Um, I think I think self defense. I think jujitsu. I think combat is uh, is a lifelong is a lifelong endeavor. I'm not against against a hundred percent like a one day seminar. I think whatever you learn in that seminar, you could probably take away with you and and potentially um, you know bring that into everyday life. But um, I do want to remind everybody that if you're uh, if you're one of those people, um, do yourself a favor, get into a gym, train regularly. Uh, one thing people don't don't um, bear into mind a lot of times when they're when they're talking about doing a one day seminar, or one time self defense class is that when you actually need that self defense, um, you're you're more than likely going to need something that's second nature to you and, you, and it will not become second nature to you by via one day class. You may learn something you can use. Hopefully, you learn something you can use. Um, and I know some really, really fantastic instructors that offer, um, you know, one-day seminars and self-help kind of things. Uh, and, and and I know they've helped people in the past. Especially if you get a big class in, you know, you're shooting that shotgun-style approach. Hopefully, you can, you'll be able to impact somebody in a positive way. But as far as being second nature when you're in an emergency situation when you've got the adrenaline going, everything else, um, you know, it's really going to be in your best interest to to train regularly. Um, even if you feel like you don't have the time, there's probably going to be a point in your life where you you will wish you had, right? There's going to be, you're going to be involved in or see, witness some kind of situation where you could maybe lend a hand or or help yourself. And, um, you know, you want to be, you want to be equipped to do that. You don't want to go in there with, you know, one little technique that you learned at a one day thing and uh, and count on that to save you. It just might not,
1: yeah and not you know not to mention the health benefits of uh getting exercise uh and that goes you know leads into mental health as well um you know helping with uh you know day-to-day anxieties um just getting frustrations out um i think is just a great thing that you can do um with uh
0: jujitsu a lot of people feel like martial arts you know the gym is kind of their happy place yeah you know, that, that's somewhere they can go where they can get those good endorphins going, get that, get the exercise going that they want, that they need, and uh, improve their quality of life that way.
1: It, it really is addicting because, yeah, the, how I feel after, you know, like a hard roll, I don't really, uh, I've never had anything that really can compare to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's it's really, a great there's feeling. There's no feeling like that. It's a great you, feeling. You feel elated and just like lifted
0: and just, you know, like you really achieved something. You well, you do. I think you do. If you if you're going to the right gym, especially, um, you're never gonna regret a workout. Right. There's gonna be times maybe when you regret that you didn't work out, but I don't. I've never regretted a workout.
1: You know, I have had. Uh... You know, to kind of play devil's advocate, I have had maybe a couple of times where um, where I was just beat, but I talked myself into going, and uh, I couldn't really pull the trigger in sparring. You know, um, during live roll, and I kind of just
0: you know left, kind of kicking myself. Um, That's gonna happen. That's gonna happen. We're gonna have an off day regardless, right? But at the end of the day, when you when you make progress towards a goal. And like in your case, your goal is to get better at jujitsu, to get faster, stronger, tougher. And you know, um, if you're listening to the podcast, you probably know Cody already. But if you don't, you know, Cody's the smallest guy at my gym. Um, you know, he's he's not the biggest, not the strongest, but um, he's committed to it. And that's, I think that's bigger than that's bigger and better than just being athletic. I think it's bigger and better than being. Um, You know, having a couple techniques you can hit here and there, being committed to it and having having it as a lifestyle, and that goes for a lot of things. That goes for that goes for a lot of martial arts. That goes for a lot of exercise endeavors, whether it's running, um, you know, boxing, whatever it is. You know, being committed to that is is just a healthy. It's just a way to to have a healthier lifestyle. And we're all gonna have those off days. We're all gonna have those days where where we feel like we get crushed where you leave exhausted where you where you in jiu jitsu you get tapped out a lot right. everybody smashes that's you too. um i think that's character building man <laughs> for me it is right. it feels like it feels like no when... i i agree 100% um
1: and I, I had posted this on instagram sometime back that uh like i i think if anyone really wants to you know anyone if you're feeling tough and you feel on top of the world and you had never done a jujitsu class i think you should because you will be humbled very quickly um when you realize that you know someone much smaller than you can put you into submission
0: right pretty quickly yeah for sure for sure there's a there's a there's a definite humbling element to it and you know, I don't I don't like to use the word empowerment too much. I think people abuse it. I think people use it for the wrong things. But um, you know, in my capacity as working security and keeping people safe, mm-hmm. there's a real there's a real element of empowerment to it because you know that regardless of uh, how scary the situation is or what or what you the kind of fears that you might normally have as an untrained person or even the kind of naivety that you have as an untrained that you could have as an untrained person. Um, aren't there you're able to be more effective with your job and you can confront situations that that uh, might not be a great idea to deal with if you're if you're not trained all right what else we got let's take a look at the list here stay focused (laughs) (laughs) this is so weird this is gonna be something I'm gonna to have to like work on. You know what I mean? That's okay. This is a this is a rough draft of what we're, of what we want to accomplish here. We had a couple of talking points that we're looking at. So if there's a pause for whatever reason, we're trying to refocus and get back on topic with something that might be interesting, um, to whoever's listening, and also just kind of sharpen up what we're what we're what we're going with here. What do you think about uh, something? How do you think Ryan Hall would fare
1: against Gary Tonin?
0: That would be an interesting one. Um, you've got. Uh, are you talking about MMA or are you talking about more just what? pure jujitsu? Hmm. And are we talking about? I guess pure jujitsu would just be like a no ADCC. Yeah, let's matchup. let's say jujitsu for now. Um, Ryan Hall is a pretty accomplished competitor. Um, he's 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 got a really good fifty fifty guard. He's got good leg locks. It would be a great matchup. Um, you know, I don't know where they're at. Each of them are at weight wise. But I think they're probably pretty close. I know that Gary Tonin does a lot of absolute stuff. So. Um, and there's no real comprehensive list for uh, grapplers, are there? I mean, I, you know, we have this. There's, there's different there's... tournaments that have rankings. Um, you know, there's. But there's so many different types of, of jujitsu things available. Right. Um, you know, to be honest, man, I, I like Tonin's chances against pretty much anybody. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to. Watch his match with uh, Hussepol Polaris, um, but they had a match, and uh, I believe it was Polaris um, a year or two ago. And uh, man, if you're not familiar with who, with who Hussepol Polaris is, he's a monster. He's a, a physical freak. He looks more like a bodybuilder than um, than a fighter, and uh, he's a scary dude and very well very well noted for his leg locks. And uh, I guess at times his, his reluctance to maybe let go of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we um, we uh, they call him Toquino. and basically he's like a what is that like a a tree trunk, a tree stump. He's built like a stump. I guess that's a good way to good way to go about it. But um, you know he had a grappling match with Gary Tonin. Um, and oh. they went back and forth <laughs> it and it P-J was and uh, it yeah. was incredible um, yeah, I, I really thought that, uh, that it, might, it might be a lopsided affair but it, it wasn't lopsided in the way that I thought it was going to be I think uh, Gary Tonin uh, definitely put some uh, put some uh, some fear into him definitely had him, had him in trouble more times than not escaped everything Paul Harris had and at the end there it looked like Paul Harris was exhausted and couldn't get much going and Tonin really dominated that match that submission match now was this at Polaris? correct okay correct back in 16 right so it's been some so, years and that went to a draw it went okay. to a draw only because in that organization um, they didn't count points I believe it was a submission only tournament but had they done the points thing um, Gary so, Tonin well, would have absolutely won wow Okay. When it, so when it comes to him fighting, you know, uh, in a jiu-jitsu match versus Ryan Hall, I, I would say I get Tonin in the advantage. I would, you know, and at this point he's I think he's a bigger guy and I think and I know that he competes more frequently in jiu-jitsu. So I would have to give him that. Right. If it came to uh, mixed martial arts, there might be a disparity there. There there definitely would be a disparity there in striking. Um, Ryan Hall's a lot longer longer he's got the kicks yep. Tonin is still a little rudimentary when it comes to his striking he's still working on that and he's pretty young in his mixed martial arts career oh yeah he's uh, done well three fights but, in yeah he's done well but he's not um, I wouldn't say he's an accomplished striker um, Ryan Hall uh, from what I understand is also like a black belt in, in taekwondo he's got really flexible legs and a pretty competitive jiu-jitsu guy you know um, so I would say on as far as somebody that might win, um, I'd give the grappling edge to Gary Tonin, and probably you know, on the striking edge, absolutely, would go to um, would go to Ryan Hall. Uh, mix them together, and I think you got yourself a fight. Yeah, for sure,
1: definitely. That uh, would be one of those one of those dream matchups. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Different organizations. Uh, Tonin with one. Hall's uh, in the UFC. But, uh, you know, I think they have talked about, you know, doing crossover promotional fights in the future. You know, Bellator is already doing it with Ryzen.
0: They've done some stuff in the past. I've seen some funny matchups here and there through the years. You know, there was there was that time years ago uh, in the earlier 2000s where the UFC sent over Chuck Liddell as a representative into Pride. Um, just to kind of cross promote right. that. And that was a, you know, there's been some, there's been some crossovers. Uh, I don't know how successful, you know, that, uh, you know, and, and if you recall, I think also very early on, you had vandale Silva coming into the UFC. Right, right. And he had from that fight against Belfort. Pride, right, right. Um, and he got, he got... That was uh, Belfort's uh, coming out party, wasn't it? <laughs> it kind of was. I mean, he has incredibly fast hands and it appeared to be a little bit of an early stoppage maybe so but another two or three seconds and he might have put Vandalay uh
1: in the dirt oh that's crazy going back to bare knuckle they are rematching
0: in bare knuckle fc (laughs) really yeah Vandalay versus versus belfort huh yeah let me pull that up so belfort's completely done with the ufc now
1: yeah, so he he's uh, retired. He retired, I think, in his last fight was uh, Machida, right? Th- that sounds about right. I think Machida got it, that terrible, nasty front kick. Right, that front kick knockout. Yeah, from hell, man. That thing was so deadly.
0: <laughs> so if they're rematching... Yeah, um, that was his last fight. ...in bare knuckle, I would venture to say... That they're both probably going to be on, uh, on the Mexican supplements. Oh yeah. We're going to get TRT Belfort <laughs> in,
1: uh, yep. Here he is. Calls out, uh, Vanderlei Silva calls out, uh, Vitor Belfort. Let's see. So this was October 4th that I'm seeing Bloody Elbow posted this. Oh no, this is MMA mania. It's, it's all under the SB Nation.
0: Um... Well, okay, so if you're Belfort, do you take the fight knowing that you won twice already? I probably would
1: <laughs> without uh, just being able, without uh, the drug testing. You know, he was, it, when USADA came in, there was an obvious drop off in his physique, right? Right,
0: right. Notable physical change. Yeah.
1: So, you know, it's, he can, if he can be on all the testosterone he wants and he he's actually come, he's, He's come out saying that he would like to see testosterone
0: legal in the UFC. Uh, that was him, or maybe it was Anderson Silva. I think Anderson was pretty against any kind of supplements. Okay. Um, but I don't know. You know, looking looking at the two of them as as people, as competitors, as athletes, as legends, really, um, I don't know that I'd want to see it. I don't know that. I mean, I would. I'm sure I'd watch it. I don't know if it'd be a match I'd push for. These are guys that are past their prime. Um, And, you know, Vanderlei's taken a whole lot of damage over the years. And, um, you know, he even had to have his face fixed. They went in and removed a bunch of scar tissue. It changed the whole look of him. His nose looks different. He doesn't have as much Cro Magnon look. You know, they scraped out the inside of his eyebrows and stuff like that. Um, Belfort seems like he's a little happier with life. I don't know if maybe I just I follow him a little more on social media. Yeah. He he seems real happy with his, his German Shepherd and Yeah, he just, just, just seems like a family in. man yeah, who's, just... who's very who's, who's who's satisfied with who he is and what he is. So I agree. If I'm Belfort, I don't take the fight. I don't know that there's a real win there for him. I think um, you know, somebody fighting somebody that you already beat twice would be kinda silly. Unless you need the money or you're just dying to compete again. Oh, he beat him twice.
1: Yeah. So he beat oh, him very early.
0: He beat him very early in the early 2000s and then more recently maybe no more than yeah, 4 or 5 years ago. Um, it seems like, you know, they, there's been so many events lately that it, it's um, so hard to keep up. <laughs> that it yeah, it's tough to keep up with what all's happened. Um and but, you know, I don't know. I don't see a win there for me for Belfort. You know, there's a real possibility too. Yeah, I think I think I think Banderley could flatten anybody on God's Green Earth if he puts the paws on him. Right. And especially bare knuckle, you know, he's gonna do some damage. Um, or, so yeah, I, I think that's kind of a kind of a higher risk, lower reward thing for Belfort. If I had I mean my opinion personally. Yeah,
1: that's true. I, I just think, you know, he, he was kind of campaigning for that Legends League. Um, back in the UFC, and now uh, you know if they can do it,
0: juice to the gills, maybe. Uh... <laughs> how do you feel about how do you feel about the PEDs and, and that kind of thing in, in mixed martial arts? Uh,
1: you know, one one side of me is like says that it's almost like everyone's trying to find a way to you know have an edge, so why not just kind of let them do it. But then there's people who don't want to put their body through that, and they want to be clean, and they want to do it the right way. Which, so,
0: longevity-wise, makes some sense. 100%. Um, yeah. I, it seems like it would be the way to go. Um, but part of me as a spectator, for almost all of the sports, sort of wants to take the brakes off and see a freak league. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of that is me well, just I'm, being... Just being a, a just bleed kind of fan, but I think if you could get if you, I think if you could if you could cut loose and um, just kind of you know see what all you could do, see what you could do with the, with the league. Um, it might be fun. So one other question I have for you. since you saw this last fight this weekend, is uh the main event was dominic reyes versus chris weidman,
1: chris weidman yeah. um
0: and uh we covered it a, really a little bit earlier in the podcast but so what's next for him do you feel like that he's a legitimate challenger for for john jones i mean so
1: really it's just about the light heavyweight division i think it's so shallow right now i think it's the shallowest it's ever been right i mean who do we have as contenders
0: i mean um well what it feels like is you have a guy that's been so incredibly dominant with john jones um that's able to solve every puzzle they put in front of him you know regardless of whatever whatever his extracurricular activities are you know the kind of non-combat things he's he's gotten in trouble for you know, the kind of things you that happen as a celebrity or as somebody that's really in the public eye that might not be a big deal for you or me. Um but he's been able to solve every puzzle they put they put in front of him and so And beat them at their game. I yeah, mean, that's what it feels like. So as far as being shallow, you know, we don't know of anybody that's out there that poses a real threat. But after this performance this weekend, which I didn't feel like it was I mean With what I watched, I didn't feel like it was uh, like that Weidman really posed too much threat at all.
1: No, you know, he came out in the beginning of the round. Um, I think he did get him down, or it was really close, and he actually did look like he was going to be able to kind of impose his will. Um, Yeah, but then, you know, uh, I think he kind of felt Reyes stuff in the takedown and then just really started to... Um, uh, Reyes just started opening up on him, man. It was it was bad.
0: How much of it Definitely. do you feel was was Weidman maybe being done as a fighter or out of his prime, and how much of that do you feel? I mean, did you feel like it was a pretty good split between that and you know Reyes just being a better fighter?
1: So yeah, I. <laughs> I think that's it. I you know Chris Weidman, he's so he's had some really mixed results since he's beat Vitor. I mean, looking at his uh, record here, he lost the uh, he lost the championship to Rockhold, and then um, went on to lose to Romero. But he was actually winning that fight. It was in the third round when he got hit caught with that uh, crazy flying knee. So right. you know, looking good there. He You uh, know, he says he's been losing, winning all of his fights before he lost. I kind of argue in the Musashi fight, he got, you know, he got need, and then he was looking for a way out. And, uh, I don't, do you remember that one? Yeah. So he, his hands were kind of touching the floor and then he, he had got kneed. I don't know. It was just a really weird, uh, really weird, uh, scenario. And then, uh, you know, look good against, uh, Gaslam, uh, got dropped, I think by Gastelum too, you know, he seems just really chinny right now. And uh, I I don't think, I mean, he's obviously fighting the best of the best. Um, when you look at his, you know, his resume, it's just that, um, it's like how, how much more punishment can you take? And if, you know, if you are, you know, I, I would say stay at light heavyweight and, you know, maybe not someone in the top 10,
0: yeah, I, I think this I think this move would definitely that you know the the move to two hundred five would will definitely affect him as far as his rankings go for sure, um, and then the and then this quick loss it you know Reyes can move pretty well fighting backwards and that's what it looked like happened he just kind of he he was moving forward which is right um, Weidman was moving forward which is good but he um, he didn't have his hands up and he was and he kind of had his, his chin up in the air. Yeah. So he definitely took that shot, weathered the storm for a moment, and then caught some hammer fists. And those are kind of hard to train for. Not a lot of training partners, you'll you'll notice, really try to hammer fist you uh, with any kind of real zeal. You know, they're going to come after you. But that's one of those things that um, a lot of people don't catch it because because they, uh, they don't train for hammer fists a lot.
1: Right. I mean, you know, so going back to if, you know if jones is ready or i mean if uh reyes is ready for jones it's i mean again with the division uh you know there's anthony smith right uh, who's you know already fought him tiago santos already fought him um uh, yawn is fifth he's coming off a win over luke rockhold right um but I mean, you know, that was Luke Rockhold's first fight at 205 as well, so I don't know if that's...
0: Jan Blachowicz is an interesting guy, and so was Luke Rockhold, really. Um, a, a, you know, two super talented guys. I think I think Rockhold lost some focus, and Jan is pretty good at handling whoever they put him in there with. Um, but I wouldn't say that that was a great scrap. Um, you know, it, it's... It's hard to say, you know, because it's speculating from the outside is, is one thing and then being in there is the next. But um, I don't know that I see Jan being any kind of a threat to, to Jones. Exactly. You know, that's what I'm saying um, as well.
1: Let's see. His fights, let's see. He does have some wins by submission. I, you know.
0: Right. He's a legitimate jujitsu practitioner, he's a great grappler. If-
1: if he could get his hands on him, man, get him on the ground. But, I mean, Jones is wrestling. I, right. And his
0: length, too, poses a problem. I,
1: I think they are going to give Reyes the uh, John Jones fight. I think John uh, Jones wants to be active. I think he's like making it a point to stay active right now. And
0: so I guess the question to ask would be, does any part of you feel like that you would see Reyes as the, the light heavyweight champion?
1: puncher's chance sure that's about it
0: that's, that's a good enough answer that's a good enough
1: all I answer. really um i don't really see anyone who can beat john jones in the light heavyweight division right now um you know have maybe have reyes fight johnny walker
0: that would be a good one. Oh, and know, how's walker's he, shoulder healed walker's
1: up actually he's uh, scheduled to fight Corey anderson
0: That'll be an interesting one.
1: So that'll be a that'll so be more of a striker sure. striker
0: versus grappler, kind of a matchup there, you know. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess you're right when it, when you're talking about a shallow division. I I don't see a division that's super shallow. I see a division that's got a lot of good talent in it, but not a lot of good talent that Jones hasn't dealt with. Right. And that and that creates a barrier, though. You know, it, I mean, it, this goes back to like our talk about Mighty Mouse. And his his ability to just to dominate that division so well, mm-hmm. um, even though there was some really amazing guys in the division, you didn't we didn't really see anybody that that we thought could could pose a legitimate threat to Mighty Mouse. Right. It just didn't seem like that was gonna be a thing. Um, and, and you know, all props to Henry Cejudo for making that happen. He's a, he's an incredible fighter. He's an incredible athlete. Um, super cringy. Yeah, super cringy. He, he does. You know, he's running with it. He does weird stuff. I, I wonder if maybe just in real life, he's um he's just kind of a dork.
1: I, I think that's what it is. And he
0: says silly stuff that could be analyzed and overanalyzed and maybe isn't uh, super duper socially adept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which you know it it'd be hard to find balance. You know right. with the competition record he, record he has between freestyle wrestling, you know Olympic gold that kind of thing. It'd be hard to really find a good balance between that, but you know, it's, some of these athletes are able to do it. Yeah. Oh, okay. One more thing, we're gonna button this up, guys, because we've we've definitely talked your face off for a while. <laughs> but I wanted to talk about one more athlete that's on the radar, that's at least on my radar, and should be on yours too, if you're if you're a, a good, if you're a fan of MMA in general, um, Gregor Gillespie, bro. Gregor Gillespie. That kid's a rocket. Hey, he's scheduled to fight uh, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. Well, and that'll be a so good one, man. Kevin Lee be...
1: himself said this is the wor- worst possible fight I could take.
0: It seems like a, a doesn't seem like a good one, because when Rafael Dos Anjos put the paws on him and then out wrestled him. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I would say <sighs> Dos Anjos would be a fun one for oh, for Gillespie so too. So this is
1: going to be back at lightweight. Um, so he didn't like one seventy.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Okay. And that's on the schedule for uh, this next month. Two forty four, man.
1: Two forty four is going to be. We're going to have to do a, I think, recap of two forty four. Two forty four is going to be insane.
0: I'd be down to do that. I'd be down to to watch that and just kind of chat about it. So, Gregor Gillespie, guys. Um, that would be awesome. Definitely a guy to watch. He's he's. I would say he's a little more than an upper up and comer. Um, yeah, he's. But uh, for for the for the casual fan, I would say somebody he's he would definitely be somebody you want to keep on your radar. Um, really good, solid wrestling chops. Heavy pressure, great cardio. Um, he just kind of he just kind of mauls people. Damn, um, I'd love to see him, you know, against against somebody that can, somebody that can kind of match him in, in wrestling prowess because he's he's something else. Man, it's
1: nice that he's a lightweight too. Well, you know what's a bummer is that you know there's there's already so much talk of uh, Khabib being on his way out. Yeah, and it, with making as much money as he has, you know, you know why. Uh, why really why risk it why risk the O I mean he's undefeated 27-0 and o. or tw- is it
0: 28 now with Dustin or, no. yeah it's at least 27-0 I think it's 27 um, that'd be a bummer I think that'd be a bummer for the sport a bummer for the fans but maybe a good move for him you know and I, and I said long ago that um, that Connor should have should have retired with the amount of money that he made and he, and he makes um, man he doesn't need to be in there getting his face beat in yeah. I think I think the sport itself is pretty damaging I think once you get to the level where you could comfortably retire and have more money than you could reasonably spend um, <laughs> you know that that might not be a bad time to hang it up contractually obviously there's some issues there yeah you know people could keep you in contract but even then right if you take an injury if you decide to not compete um, I don't know how much how much they'd take from you if you didn't compete again um, and then some people just don't some people just you know, decide to never fight again and they don't fight for another, another organization. And Technically, they're not in a real breach of contract, but... Yeah, yeah. That,
1: that's such a weird, like... Yeah, that's just a really weird concept. Right. Like, you're still under contract, but no, I'm just not going to fight anymore.
0: Right. Cool, man. Well, yeah. this has been fun. I'm glad we got definitely. a chance to sit down and chat. Good um, chatting, for sure. Yeah, we were... Uh, we, we hit a bunch of different topics we kind of wanted to talk about and we'll definitely find more. Um, so, guys, if you listen to this podcast, once again, I want to encourage you to um, to give us whatever ideas you have, whatever topics you want us to cover, whatever fighters you think you want us to kind of profile in and, and talk through. Um, we'd love to hear it and whatever feedback else, other feedback you guys have for this. Um, so thanks for sticking around with us. Yes, sir. Any parting words, Cody? No, sir. No, no parting words. Over and out. Thanks, Coach. I Over and out, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Take care, guys.